Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Andy. And before we get started with today's episode, I wanted to let you know about RebateJet.com. What is RebateJet? Well, it's a piece of software that I created that will help Amazon sellers get their products noticed. You can launch with promo codes, rebates. Not only that, but you can list your product for free on the RebateJet third-party marketplace. You don't pay a single penny unless you make a sale. And when you do, it's only a $1 flat fee per product. Try it today, RebateJet.com. Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andy Arnott with Amy Wees. And this is Seller Roundtable. And today we are super excited to have Mina Elias on. Mina, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for having me. I'm super excited to be back at the Seller Roundtable. Uh, I believe the last time I was there, I was still in my uh, 10 foot by 10 foot Venice apartment, uh, like two and a half years ago or something like that. So it's been like a journey ever since then. And, and uh, I'm glad, uh, you know, we stayed friends and now I'm back on the show. Yeah, we love we love to have people back and, and check in on the journey. So um, tell people about that journey. I, I know if people haven't listened to you from the last episode, uh, we always like to kind of get your backstory, but I know that it, it, it's evolved since your year. So, so give, a, give us the backstory and then tell us, you know, kind of how you evolved. I know you were doing supplements for a while um, and, and, it's, and, and then now you're kind of into the uh, helping other sellers, correct? Correct. So basically, uh, last time I was on the interview was anywhere between like, I think it was like maybe January, February 2019. And um, I had basically come to America in 2011 uh, to study chemical engineering and chemistry. I got my bachelor's, master's, worked my way up the corporate ladder. um, And then around uh, 2018, I hated my life, uh, even though I was getting paid a nice, you know, a good salary and I was an engineer and all of this stuff, but uh, no one tells you that it's soul sucking and it's uh, I like what kind of life I was living the worst life ever. I was waking up in the morning and literally slaving away and then coming back home, working out and then going to bed. And I felt like I had no life. So I decided to start a supplement brand and um, I got you know, I tried to sell it in stores and gyms and it didn't work out at all. So I got it on Amazon uh, because that's where I buy all of my supplements. And to this day, I like to buy on Amazon uh, 90% of things. And so I got obsessed with Amazon, tried to make it work. And I found that the two levers that were really working were PPC and reviews. I got super deep into PPC, started sharing information. Uh, and at the time of the interview, I just had uh, two supplement brands. One was my main one. One was a side one that I started. Um, but since then, it seemed like every time I would share more information on PPC stuff, People would be like, more, 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 we want more. Um, And that evolved into like, we want you to consult. And then, uh, you know, we want you to run our ads. And I said, I'm not going to run any ads. I don't want to do any of that stuff. But then in in, uh, early 2021, an aggregator had raised $300 million, $400 million, hit me up, said, we need someone to train our in-house team. It's not practical to have an agency. It's too expensive. We have too many brands. We want to scale and build everything in-house. I said, cool, uh, you know, I'll train your team to all this stuff. I sent them a proposal and they said, we want to test you on one of our brands. And so they tested me on one of their brands. And four months later, they let, let me know that they were testing six other agencies. And I beat out the agencies. And then I realized, I was like, wow, like I actually, this is kind of like a, a better fit for me as a business person. Like 
it's more aligned with my lifestyle. It's, you know, because we get to go to conferences and party and all the business and stuff like that. And it's, I'm helping people. I really feel it. And uh, I'm like a, a good supplement person. I'm a great PPC person. And so I decided to start an agency after that. And ever since then, we grew from a team of three to we're officially at the end of this month going to be a team of 32 people. Um, we're like, you know, uh, trying to add as much value as possible uh, to the community. I am every day trying to put more and more and more content. Uh, I'm literally hiring people so that I can spend more time adding value and less time worrying about the details and publishing and cutting and all of this stuff. And um, that's, that's, you know, that's where I'm at now is just, it, the agency is called Trivium Group, and we're basically PPC and DSP partial team. So we integrate fully with with uh, your in-house team to run all of the ads and try to add as much value as possible. Awesome. So, uh, you know, PPC has evolved greatly since the time I started, you know, 2011, 2012, right around there. Um, you know, back then it was like, it, when the ads came, you know, when the ad platform first came out, it was like even back then people didn't know what to do with it because the more money that you spent, the more money you made there. It was, it was almost like too easy. Whereas I think it's kind of the opposite now is now you really have to have a deep understanding of PBC. Otherwise you're going to get destroyed because the big money has finally moved in. You mentioned aggregators, VCs, you know, there's a lot of money that, that moved into Amazon, you know, for a lot of years there, it was, you know, you could, you could go to like, uh, what, what was it called? Uh, amazing selling machine. And, you know, some of these, these courses that really just gave you the basics and you were able to survive. Now there's so many different ad formats. There's so many different, uh, you know, ways to do things. Uh, you know, even if you go on, you know, YouTube and try to get some free training, you're going to hear contradicting advice from so many different people. Not only that, but the complexity has skyrocketed in terms of being able to even get into the Amazon platform, the the advertising platform, navigate around things like that. So, in this new complicated environment, uh, Mina, where do you think you know somebody just starting out on PPC? You know, if their brand's not big enough to come to you, what do you think are sort of the things that they should be learning first uh, to to kind of get their get a foothold in Amazon advertising? Okay, very, very good question. I, I love to share this, right? Because this is perfect for the people who really can't can't afford to, to outsource it. Um, because also you shouldn't if you can't, because that means that you don't know how to hold the person accountable if you're not able to bring success to your own PPC. So the first and most important thing is tracking. Have an analytics sheet um, and have a weekly view. So a weekly and then a subtotal and then another week and a subtotal. This way you can actually start benchmarking data. And, and um, if I ask Amy and, I, and Amy's on a, uh, like a weight loss journey and I'm like, how much do you weigh Amy? And she says 123. And I'm like, is that good or bad? I don't know. Right. But if she's tracking it and said three weeks ago, I was 142 and two weeks ago, I'm 138. And this week I'm 123. I'm like, wow, I know that she's losing weight. And so have a week by week view. Uh, this is the columns that I would include. PPC spend, PPC sales, total sales, definitely total sales because PPC spend has a direct effect on total sales. Even if you don't see it in PPC sales, it's just, it is, it is what it is. That's how it is. Attribution with Amazon is not amazing. Uh, then you have your sessions. Very, very important. The, the only measure of how well your ads work is sessions. If you increase your ad spend, your sessions should go up. If they don't, then your ads are not working. The, uh, Ads don't convert. Ads don't, um, because it's, you're just basically showing up 
Here's my product. Here you go. Someone clicks on it. That's it. The PPC did its job. Its job is not to convert. The, the, that's the conversion uh, of the listing. It's the images and, and the price and the blueprints, all that stuff. So track your, your session and then tra track your cost per session because that's your efficiency of your of each trap, each person that you're sending in, how cheap are you sending them in? Track your conversion rate, unit session percentage, track your click-through rate, uh, you know, track your cost per click, it's not too bad. If you want ACOS and tacos, great, but the most important one is profit, uh, the dollar amount in profit. And so when you're initially starting out, make sure you're tracking those numbers and make sure, you know, this is how I do it. I operate in two different ways. I'm either scaling my revenue or I'm uh, trying to be as lean as possible. When I'm scaling my revenue, I have a certain number of levers I can pull. I can create new campaigns. I can increase bids. I can increase budgets. Uh, I can increase bid by placement. I'm just trying to get more people into the listing. Uh, the way I like to think of, of uh, PPC is like I'm, I'm fishing, but I don't know what bait is going to work. I'm in a new pond and there's different species of fish and I have a hundred different baits. So I'm going to take 10 of those baits. And I'm going to throw them in the water. Some of them are going to work. Some of them are not. The ones that work, I'm going to keep them. The ones that not, I'm going to remove them. Then I'm going to throw more bait. And now I have, you know, 10 baits in the water. You know, 10 of them are working or whatever. Let's say uh, eight of them are working two or not. Take the two out, put more. And so if you if you notice initially i'm wasting a lot of bait because i'm testing it but eventually i start getting kind of the hang of like these ones are working these ones are not and relatively i'm testing a lot less than what's actually working so initially there was zero working and 10 testing and then maybe eventually there is 90 working and 10 testing so relatively it, it goes down and i'm tracking that in my sheet i'm saying okay my pbc spend goes up i want to see my sessions go up i want to see my conversion rate stay the same i want to see that you know my cost per session is relatively equal and my sales went up great now i've done that for a few weeks we've spent a lot of money the profits are not great because obviously you're not efficient let's start cutting things let's start lowering bids adding negatives uh, uh, you know, if I had a bid by placement that I increased that didn't work, let's lower that. If I launched a bunch of sponsored video that I didn't really notice a positive effect because the total spend went up, but the total sales didn't go up, regardless of what campaign manager says, I'm going to scale that down. And now I'm looking to see my PPC spend go down. My sessions relatively stay stable. Conversion rate potentially should go up, right? Because we're now converting only the better keywords and then my profits go up. And if you're tracking this perfectly, then you, you should have a very clear vision of what's happening in your PPC. The most important thing is, is to see it and understand what's going on. Because if you go into campaign manager, you're going to have no clue. It's going to be a bunch of different things. And obviously, please separate by product, by parent ASIN. Because if you combine everything, you have a mature product with an immature, like a fresh launch and whatever, everything gets mixed. One of them is going to bleed a lot more than the other, obviously. Now, the second step from there is to have simple structure. Uh, you are you're just testing for keywords. So the structure is you have a, a campaign, you have a single ad group because we don't know how the budget splits between multiple ad groups. Or this again, this is all what I believe works based on what I've tried. Uh, single campaign or a campaign with a single ad group, and then no more than five keywords. You can test. You want to put fifty keywords, put them in. You'll notice that after a certain point in time, you're not like three or four of the keywords are getting the spend, the others are not getting the spend, there's not enough budget to go around. And maybe Amazon is thinking these ones are gonna convert better. So let's just keep the budget there. So keep it a small amount. And all you're doing is creating a campaign and testing. Will these five keywords work, yes or no? Yes, you keep them, no. The ones that don't work, you, you either, if they're exact, you can lower the bid. 
If they're auto brought in phrase, you go into search term report, identify the keywords that are not working at as negative, um, or if they're just not converting at all, turn them off. And that's the whole thing. Launch campaign test. If it works, keep it. And what you're trying to do is just accumulate the maximum number of profitable search terms. And that's it. And, and that's kind of like the simplified version of, of your strategy. And then obviously when you're launching, you're testing, it's not efficient. Once you're done with it, or once you're like, okay, enough testing, like let's get clean, let's get lean. You cut everything out. And now it's like a dirty bulk. You're, you're bulking, you're trying to get bigger. Uh, you're eating a bunch of like protein, meat, burgers. And then you're like, all right, I put on a ton of weight, but there's some fat, let's cut it down. And then you, you eliminate all of the bad stuff. So that's kind of a simplified version of PPC. I love how we got a little bit of the uh, athletic uh, coach in Nina uh, out of that PPC strategy session there. (laughs) (laughs) Really, really good. um, Just really good explanation of like putting your bait in the water, all of that, like getting it moving, testing. Um, So my follow-on question, you mentioned like keep your profitable keywords. <laughs> Lately, that's been so hard because cost per clicks are insane. I've audited, I mean, at least five accounts in the last two weeks. And it, I mean, average cost per click across the board is like between two and three dollars. And that's it's insane. Like, and we're looking at, you know, increased prices of importing from China and all these things that are happening. They're kind of just, and then not to mention inflation and what's going on in the economy right now. So what do you suggest, Mina? I mean, we're already being kind of squeezed as business owners in every direction. And obviously if we keep testing and we keep going really, uh, really cast a really wide net, it's going to cost us a lot of money. If we give Amazon that money, they're going to spend it, right? So what do you recommend in terms of, especially people who are just getting started or who are, you know, trying to scale from their first few products and getting moved, moved up from there. Uh, what do you recommend for PPC in terms of, you know, just managing those campaigns without the spend going crazy? Okay. So, so a few things. Um, the first thing is understand the equation. It's a very simple equation. You spend money, let's say you spend hundred dollars a week, you get a number, a certain number of sessions and you have a cost for each session. Those sessions are a mix between organic and, and PPC. So even though your cost per click may be $3, if you're getting an equal amount of organic sessions as you are PPC session, your effective cost per click is like $1.50. Okay, but between $1 to $1.50. So uh, first of all, let's understand your cost per session. You're spending $100 and let's assume you're getting 100 sessions from those $100. And then look at your conversion rate. Let's say conversion rate is 20%. So you need five sessions to make one conversion and each session costs a dollar. So you need $5 to make a conversion. Now, based on your product, you tell me, let's say it's a $25 sale price with $5 cost, $5 Amazon fee, whatever. You're left with $10 at the end. Your cost to make a conversion is $5. You're left with $5 in profit. Now, that number could, could be whatever number. It could be zero. It could be negative. It could be you know $15. It could be good. And there's two ways to fix the problem. The first way is to improve your conversion rate. And, and you have the equation in front of you. You know the cost per session and you know the the number of sessions to make a conversion. So if the number of sessions to make a conversion uh, is five, can we make that four? Can we increase our conversion rate to 25%? So if you do increase your conversion rate to 25%, 
um, that will allow you to spend less money to, to make that same, based on the exact same amount of traffic. So that's the first place you should look is your conversion rate and, and, and understand the equation. Now, the second piece of the equation is your cost per session. Now, there's two ways to improve that. The first way is to improve your organic rank. We don't need to get into this. You can use PPC, whatever, but we're talking about people who have limited budgets, who can't use PPC to like rank because you're going to blow a lot of money. So the best way is to audit uh, uh, like very, very, I guess, like harshly, very tightly. So tell yourself, okay, every single keyword that passes the $10 threshold in spend without a sale, I'm immediately going to add as a negative or I'm immediately going to lower the bid. And then what you end up doing is you end up uh, uh, you know, lowering the bids until they're either profitable or don't show up for the exact. And then for the auto broaden phrase, anytime you have a keyword that doesn't spend uh, or doesn't make sales or doesn't contribute, you immediately add it as negative. And you're just, you're very, very harsh and you're always checking in to make sure that nothing gets, no one gets away with spending $15 and not making a sale. And then the final piece of that is, is kind of inching your way up. And instead of starting with like a $2 bid and then saying, let's like optimize until we get to a profitable, start with a 50 cent bid. It's not going to get impressions. It's not going to get sessions, it's not going to get anything. And then you work your way up, work your way up, work your way up. And it's basically, instead of being on page one and working your way down to finding that page three is optimal, be on page five and work your way up to page three. You'll end up spending a lot less money if you're someone you know who's tight with money. Now, if you're someone who isn't, spend that money because the faster you spend the money the faster you're going to get the data um and and same thing you're talking about testing amy well you know you you don't have to test that aggressively you, it, but but the everyone knows this the more money you spend the the fast that you can compress time right and and if you're at the airport you spend money you you cut you cut the line and and it was basically it's the same thing here you spend money you get the data Instead of waiting four weeks to, to make the same conclusions, you now can make it in three days. It's the exact same thing. So uh, money only like shortens the, the time. If you don't have money, then you need to spend more time. That's it. But that's kind of essentially the way to look at it is, is where can you fix the equation in the conversion rate? Where can you fix the equation uh, for traffic and, and work on both sides? Yeah, that's... That's always the problem, right? One of the biggest issues that I've seen over and over and over again, uh, no matter what PPC account I'm in, especially for somebody who is is inexperienced, is not knowing the true value of that that ad spend, right? Everybody looks at, like you were saying, ACOS, um, and and really not knowing that unless you're unless you're adding other data to support. Uh, that endeavor, it, it means nothing, right? So if you're not tracking, for example, keyword ranks organically, when you're running PPC campaigns with those keywords, you're not getting the full picture. Um, the other thing that I think is a huge mistake is people never, or, or a lot of people don't um, take into account a, a launch strategy, right? They, they don't actually plot out, you know, this is going to take me six months. And in six months, especially you were in supplements, um, which is a, a brutal category. So you will know this very well is a lot of people in the Amazon space, especially today, do not uh, play the long game. You have to play the long game on PPC now because you're going up against Stanley Tools and Nike and you know some of these massive brands who have these massive ad spends who will literally just keep raising their bids because they don't want you to be um, in those first results. They'll they'll keep raising their bids to get you know maybe ten different variations of the same product because they're you know they can do that. So you really have to play the long tail game. You have to play the organic game to make sure that, you know, you're looking at the opportunities on the organic keyword side to, to match with 
uh, that, you know, the, those PVC bids on those keywords. And then also, you know, finding the low hanging fruit with, you know, there's still a lot of opportunity in video ads. There's still a lot of opportunity in display ads. And you should be uh, just like Mina said, turning dials, right? You have to test, you have to spend some money up front to know what works and what doesn't work. And I think that's the biggest downfall still today is people getting into the Amazon game thinking they can, you know, spend, a, a, you know, a, a little bit of money and, you know, get a winning product unless you've, you know, been on the shark tank or have some super innovative product where Amazon's calling and begging you like, Hey, please sell your product on our platform. You know, unless you're in that type of situation, you're going to really have to work hard to get that placement. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and, you know, even a couple of things to keep in mind, like, Back in the day when I started in 2018, uh, it was it was like awesome because all of these big brands, they're like, oh, like Amazon, whatever, put your product up, put broad keywords. Now there's two issues. Uh, every, every big brand is now finding people like me and like you and like Amy and hiring them in-house. And, and now, now, okay, now you're competing with someone really good. Um, so th that like um, opportunity where I'm like, oh, like, let me just run all of the long tail keywords because these people are fools and they don't even test PPC. That's going away. And then you have other people that are uh, now getting venture backed and be backed and to get funding, they literally have to show market share. And that means it doesn't matter if it's at a loss. If you're showing that your revenue is growing, 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 even at a loss, it doesn't matter because for, for that round, uh, maybe they, all they need to show is, is market share. So you, you now have people that are, are going to outspend you and then you have people that are more skilled than you. So, you know, basically the, the, the message you should get from this is you can't afford anymore to say PPC and I, I don't want to get good at it or I can't get good. Like you're now like every, everyone knows about Amazon. It used to be a hidden gem like Tulum and now everyone knows about it. And it's, it's no longer a hidden gem. It, like people are hiring the best. The aggregators are coming in. They're like, how much money are you making a year? hundred? I'll give you $140,000. Come work for us. Like that's, that's how. So you can't now, like you, you have to compete on skill. You can't, you can no longer compete on capital, obviously. So you have to compete on skill. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, Amy and I have talked about this for years and everybody's starting to catch up. We're going to take credit for it, Amy, um, is the fact that, you know, offsite traffic is another piece of the puzzle that so many people are still missing, you know, because the platform on platform PPC is, is, is continuing to go up because, you know, you, you can really uh, measure the success on Amazon. Not only that, but you've got a captive audience, right? You've already got the customer who's on Amazon, who's probably a prime member, who's ready to, you know, they're there to shop. They're, they're, their intent is extremely high to go buy that product. But because you're paying a fraction of the price for somebody coming off of Amazon, you know, maybe from Facebook, from Google, uh, if you're getting really creative, maybe Pinterest or Quora or something like that. Uh, there's so, that's a, another thing, Amina, is so many people don't realize there's so many paid ad, uh, ad platforms out there, so many free ad platforms, meaning that you can go post on Pinterest, you know, get a, a VA for three to five dollars an hour, give them a hand them off a process to, you know, post your products, you know, every day, you know, there's all these creative ways that you can, you know, really push people to Amazon. Um, in, you know, to, to uh, coordinate with PPC, um, any other, uh, you know, suggestions you have uh, to pair with PPC to make that PPC more effective? I mean, besides what you mentioned with, with the whole external traffic, that's actually one thing I've been seeing is the, because we have, a, you know, we see a lot of clients, we see what everyone's doing, 
the ones that are driving external traffic and, and not like driving as like a, I'm going to hack it. Right. It's like, they're actually have a, an ongoing process of we're going to get uh, our products on YouTube in every single YouTube influencer's hands. We're going to have constant influencer marketing campaigns. We're going to do constant TikTok videos with other, tic- you know, on other people's TikTok pages um, and drive traffic. Those ones are ranking organically, and I don't understand why, because there's no keywords associated when you see a TikTok video and then you go and buy the product. There's like it's not a search find buy sort of situation, but we are seeing that the organic rank and the PPC are both improving. And then the only like the biggest lever you can pull is if you are all competing on the same traffic, at least make sure that when it ends up on the page that it converts the best. So if you if you're and and I've noticed that it takes on average five to six months before all of your competition has updated. So if you haven't updated your listing in the last five to six months, you're overdue. It's time for you now to look at everyone. Uh, Helium 10 has a new a tool called Listing Analyzer where, where you can literally put 10, 10 competitors and then pull all of their images. And you can right there, like figure out, okay, what's, what's everyone showing in terms of images? How can we be better? Um, there's a new software company out there called Prophecy, P-R-O-F-A-S-E-E. They are now doing price split testing because everyone understands that it, like, it really, uh, like conversion rate makes a huge difference. And, and you need a, a combination of conversion rate times the number of conversions to see what, at, like the each dollar amount in profit, like what's the most profitable. And so split test your price all the time. Uh, try, you know, obviously always trying to get reviews split test your main image. Amazon now has managed by experiments. We already know about PicFu and product opinion and all this kind of stuff. So you should be very actively, you know, improving your SEO and your title Buddha points using data dive. There's so many tools out there. Like it's, it's honestly never been easier as an Amazon seller because now there's a thousand podcasts, a thousand YouTube channels, all of these software out there to make your life easy. But I, th- I really think you have to be very relentless about improving your conversion rate um, because any dra- traffic that you drive, that's going to be the value of how much it converts. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to constantly revisit, make sure you're converting, right? I see so many people spending a ton of money on influencers and all these things off of, you know, I always have people asking me like, hey, should I hire a social media manager? And it's like, or should I hire this influencer? And it's like, well, are you converting right now? You know, how are you doing? So I love that. And I also love that you brought up um, conversion rates when it comes to ads, like ads are to get people to your listing, to get in front of the right audience. That's what those magical keywords are for. But if they're not going to convert when they get there, you're just wasting your money. So you just got to pay attention. And the best way to do that is to know your audience and really look at your product through their eyes and go, why would I choose this product and not the, you know, not a competitor product? So speaking of hiring, you mentioned, you know, all these companies now bigger, bigger players in the space, which is probably driving up the CPCs too, but, uh, you know, are hiring the best of the best and, and getting things moving. But what about when people, when sellers are looking to hire PPC? Right. So, you know, you offer PPC. When is the right time? Because there's a couple of different hiring that you could do. You could hire just a VA to manage your PPC. You could hire an agency. You could use software and try to manage it yourself. Or you could do a combination of 
that, right? So what do you recommend? What's the threshold? How should people look at when to hire out PPC? Yeah, so um, this is a very good question. I always get asked this. I think the, the, the earliest you should ever hire out PPC is when you understand it enough that if I'm doing stuff in your account, you can figure out what I'm doing in your account. Because if you can't, then you can't keep the person accountable. And, and it's always gonna end in, in two ways. You're, you're either gonna get like amazing performance and it's gonna be like great, but you don't know why, or you're gonna get bad performance and then you're gonna blame the person, but you don't understand what actions cause that. So if you go to another agency or another VA or another software, how are you gonna know that those actions are not gonna be repeated? how can you prevent uh, you know six cycles of letdowns you know so i think the earliest is once you actually understand it once you're capable and able to do it yourself um and then i think beyond that there so so let's talk about software versus va versus agency if you're good enough uh and you have a small catalog like let's say one or two products I think you can do it yourself with the software, no problem. You don't you don't need a VA. Um, and and I wouldn't do a software that automates. I would do a software that allows you to make decisions at scale. So that means that if you if you go in every three days and you say, show me all the keywords that spent more than ten dollars with no sales, and they show you all the keywords and then you add them as negatives. They show me all the keywords that have an echoes of over 75% in this time range. They show you, and then you lower the bids, lower the bids very quickly, or say lower everything by 10%, something like that. That is how you should be using software, not creating a rule and let a machine just run, 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 and chop, 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 because it's all based on human behavior. Now, if your catalog is a little bit bigger uh, and you're, you're very con like you're confident in your skills. You know how to build systems. You create some SOPs and, and you now can bring in a VA. Um, assume that any VA that offers any PPC software out there, uh, any PPC services out there doesn't know what they're doing. This is the assumption you have to operate because if they were, if they actually really knew what they're doing, they would be very high level and very expensive. It would be more effective to use an agency. Um, but you know, you have to essentially train the VA to, to take the actions that you're doing. So you're now like getting a human to replicate your human actions. Um, and then the, the, the final point is, okay, when, when can you afford to hire an agency? If you, uh, right, under the assumption, you find the right agencies, you like their team, you understand their systems, you talk to them, you interview them. They say, this is what we're going to do on your account. This is how we're going to manage Everything's clear. Show me your reporting. I understand your reporting. Show me your, your communication. I understand. Okay, this makes sense. This is how I want to be communicated with. Once you, you get all that, you should at least, um, you know, have like two to three times the, the retainer amount in profit uh, a month, you know, or else if, if you end up giving, it's never a good position to give like 70% of your profits to an agency and then fingers crossed, let's hope you guys scale it because you're going to have to order more inventory, prime day hits, things get too expensive. Now you need to order more without having any profits. So there needs to be like some sort of good buffer. So I would say if the, the agency fees are at least, you know, or anywhere between like, you know, 20 to 30%, let's say 35% uh, of your profit per month, you're fine. If it's, if it gets closer to like 50, 60, this is, it's kind of like a red zone. And then anything beyond that, you're really uh, going to, going to hurt your profits. And, and it's, I mean, even if they they can improve, let's say you, you bring me in and I increase your sales by 70%. 
you're not going to see that money for like a month and a half minimum. And then that money, you, I mean, you're already going to need to order a much bigger order because I increased your revenue. And if you, if you don't have that cash flow, if you don't have the profits, you, it's really a strain on your cash flow cycles, a strain on, on, on everything. So just make sure that the, the long story short is after the vetting, which is a whole separate thing, make sure that you can afford at least two to three times the retainer is what you're, you're doing in profits. Yeah, got it. So work your way up. Start with your doing your own PPC, learn the basics, learn what you need to do, then create those SOPs, outsource it to a VA, have them that you're able to kind of audit because that's going to set you up to understand your metrics, understand your numbers. And then when it comes to actually hiring an agency, um, you know, you can get some experience with software in between there too. But then when it comes to hiring an agency, you're going to know where you can, what you can afford, you know, because you should have by that time in your business already have hired a few VAs. You should know kind of what return on investment you're getting. And then you should be tracking those numbers that are so important that Mina talked about in the beginning of this, um, this interview. So one more question for you related to PPC. We've been talking about rank and ranking and boosting rank. And I'm curious to know if you've done any testing on this, um, my friends, uh, Ryan and David, they did some testing on this and they learned that, um, that the sponsored products campaigns are the only campaigns as compared to sponsored brands and headline search ads and such things like that, um, that actually boost your rank, right? In terms of, of that. So have you learned anything about which campaign types, which ad types are the best at boosting your rank? I, I have not split tested like having a, a sponsored product versus like a sponsored video um and seeing which one will work better i know that sponsored products works um but and i would imagine that sponsored products will always beat any other one because of the like amount of, of ads and, and the amount of clicks and conversions that come from one so if i look at my like spend and revenue at any given month for a brand that we've kind of launched a lot of all different ad types it never exceeds 20% of the brand sponsor brand and display and video and headline search, all this stuff. And it's usually 80% sponsor products. So, I mean, just based on like volume, it would make sense that sponsor products would win. So based on that, would you recommend that people start with sponsored products and get that keyword ranking going and then start expanding once they're converting and they're doing well in some sponsored products, then uh, add some different ad types like some sponsor brand campaigns and, and yeah. display. I would hold off on everything that's not sponsor products for a long time. Get get your sponsor products right. Have a system. Get profitable. Build it. Under understand everything that's happening. Get to a good conversion rate. Sponsor products works effectively. Sponsored brand and display have a huge. Um, what is it called? Like uh, uh, there, there's an issue, right? The issue is that if you launch sponsored brand and you have sponsored product and you have organic ranking, you can have the same person clicking on multiple ads, charging you twice for the same visitor. And if you're not dialed in and if you're not tracking very effectively, you could, this is what happened to me once. I had someone that kept saying, we want to run video, we want to run video, we want to run video. I said, 
fine, let's run the video. I mean, we're not done with the sponsored products yet. Let's run the video. They ran the video and the, the campaign manager, ACOS looked incredible, but the sponsor products looked horrible. And I said, this doesn't seem right. We kept optimizing, optimizing. And I'm like, guys, the video is not working. Total spend is up, sales are not up. Eventually I said, I'm gonna make an executive decision. I shut down the video campaigns look perfect again, the sponsor products. And it turns out that it was the same people seeing two ads, clicking on them, and then the video getting all of the credit. And so this is a huge like uh, uh, you know issue with sponsored video and sponsored brand is that, that you get charged twice and it could be for the same people. So maybe if you don't have any sponsored products on for that keyword and you wanna launch sponsored video, that's or headline search, whatever, that's cool. Um, but if you do have ads, just be careful of that. Oh, wow. I hadn't heard about that. That's, that's scary. <laughs> and, I mean, I was and, literally spending hundreds more for nothing, for no reason. Wow. So even if you have like a headline search ad on the page, and then let's say you're running a top of search sponsored product, um, you could get charged twice for that? Yeah, because the same people could click twice. It oh, I see what you're saying. People. You're painting, you're painting the page with your ads. So yeah. they might click up here and, you know, and check you out yeah. right up here. And then they might be clicking yeah. at your top of search, you know, the same, the same thing over and over again, because your, your headline search is going to lead to a landing page where your uh, sponsored product is going to lead to your product page. So people could be clicking around and, and doing that twice. If they, and if they click around, you're basically paying money and it's, it's the same person. Like, the maximum that person is going to convert is one time. And so instead of paying that one click of $2 or whatever, and now they're in the listing and maybe they convert, you're now paying two and then maybe another extra like $1.70 or something like that. And so that if you're not tracking in your sheet and saying, okay, I was spending $100 on ads and now I'm spending an additional 100 on video, you know, so now it's 200, 100 ads, 100 video, sponsor product video, and then look at the total sales. And if the total sales are up, Great. And, but you know, by how much it went up by a hundred is total sales up by a hundred. That's a hundred percent echoes total sales up by 300. That's a 30% echo. So you can have to actually like manually calculate the effect of sponsored video, because if you go into the campaign manager, it's not going to be accurate. And, and that's just one of the things that's not great about Amazon's like campaign manager and attribution. They don't include organic. They don't include conversion rate. They don't include sessions. And then, you know, they, sometimes the attribution goes to the video versus the, um, you know, the sponsor product. And then you think the video is doing amazing and it's not. Got it. Makes sense. All right, Mina. So one thing that I, I'm curious uh, to get your um, take on is over the years, you know, we've, we've had tons, you know, the, the Amazon software space, as I know firsthand, is just absolutely overcrowded. There's something new every day. Um, not to say there's not great new tools being created and, and great value there. There's always, you know, great new tools coming out. But what I've seen more and more of is people relying on these kind of set it and forget it, quote unquote, AI and machine learning tools. Um, I know that they're getting better by the day, but in the past, I've uh, kind of competed against uh, these, these AI machines before and I beat them every time. Um, are you using any type of automation in your management where you, you're, uh, you know, setting it up, but then, you know, uh, supplementing it with human touch? Are you doing it all uh, manually? Kind of what, what, what is your agency doing to kind of, uh, you know, be efficient, but yet uh, still have human hands on, on, on those campaigns? 
So it's 100% manual. The only efficiency is that we use macros to, to scale the, the operation. So we there's no software, there's no set it and forget it. Um, and I will never get anything that it, that has the opportunity for sell and forget it. Because let's say I have right now like 10 guys, uh, 10 PPC managers, I can, you know, audit what they're doing. What happens with that number is 50. You know, how easy is it for, yes, we put them through six rounds of interview. Yes, we train them. Yes, we do everything. And then you have some guy who's, you know, got away with it and is lazy and, and uh, sets it and forgets it. And that's someone else's hard-earned money being burned. And so for me, it's too scary. as a Q, It's too much of a QC risk. And so we don't have that. What we have is you look at the analytics and you decide what's the decision that you want to make. And you say, okay, we want to launch new campaigns. Let's extract them from the search term report. So we, we open up the search term report and we load it into our macro. We click a button. We, we put in the ranges. We say, show us everything that's between 1% and like 25% ACOS. And it extracts those keywords. And then we, we bring in our bulk sheet and we click and it says, these are the ones that are in the bulk sheet. And these are the ones in the search term report that are unique. And we're like, okay, cool. We take those keywords and we put them in another sheet and click a button and it creates the campaigns. And we say, okay, we want only three keywords per campaign. We want to schedule one campaign a day. We want a hundred dollar budget, you know, dollar 50 bid or, or maintain the same bids as, as the CPC from the search term report. So that's where automation comes in or, or you know, software. This is where software comes in. It's like an Excel. It's like a calculator. Uh, it, you, you know what you want to do. It does it faster for you, but it's not going to think for you. It's not, you're not just going to load in a problem and it's going to solve it for you. It's not, you're going to set some values and then let it run because it used to be that, you know, anything above, like, let's say 30% ACOS is too much. And, and now, you know, anything about 50% ACOS is too much. And here's the thing, like ACOS is, is like the stupidest metric ever because it's not accurate. It doesn't, it's not effective because what I've seen is I'll spend $100 uh, and, and make $100 in PPC, in PPC sales and $100 in organic sales. And then I'll spend $300 and I'll make $200 in PPC sales and $700 in total sales. Why did the total sales go up? I did nothing on the organic side. Uh, like, so, okay, it must mean that the, the, the PPC is doing something. And then we, but why isn't it showing in the spend? Why isn't it in the sales, in the PPC sales? Why isn't it reflecting? And so that's the issue. And that's why we can't even use ACOS as an accurate measure because it's based off of a number that's not accurate based on like, and you can test this, like increase your spend, double your spend. Notice how your total sales will go up more than your, your PPC sales. And then explain to me why. Explain to me why, what did you do? You didn't do anything on the organic side. You didn't do anything on, on any side that, that could explain this. And so that's why it's just, you know, you, you, you can't rely on software because they're making like straight up, like they're cut, like they're cutting. They're like, you know, uh, this person is like, you know, one inch too short, cut their head off, like sort of thing. Like uh, they, they're not thinking. And so you could end up hurting yourself um but yeah that's that's essentially you know why we don't use software awesome yeah so the other thing i'd love to know is you know the amazon like like i mentioned earlier is the amazon platform is constantly changing um you know they're always adding new things and changing kind of the layouts and how to get to things and and you know what you can do and and uh tracking uh you know more data things like that um in the last you know like three to six months what do you think is has been the biggest change on the platform that's been beneficial and that you guys are utilizing um that maybe didn't exist recently 
Um, there's two things that I love right now in Amazon Campaign Manager. One of them is the targeting tab, and the other one is the budgets tab. Now, in the budgets tab, you can click uh, on budgets, and it'll show you all of your campaigns. You can sort by ACOS, and you can take all of the campaigns with a really good ACOS and just very quickly adjust their budgets. You can increase their budgets. And, and um, even if you're not spending, and, and literally I made a post on Facebook and then someone replied like a week later and he's like, look, I made the changes and look at how my, my sales went up uh, by like 50%. But basically any campaign that you have that's profitable, just keep increasing the budget. Even if you're not hitting that budget limit, uh, for some reason, it just, Amazon feels like there's more breathing room or something and it starts spending more and making more money. So that's number one. Number two, in the targeting uh, tab, you can literally see every single keyword um, that you're targeting. And you can add a filter and you can sort it by ACOS or whatever you want. You can also add a filter and sort it by campaign name. So, or sort it by campaign. So if you have really good campaign names, you can check all of the campaigns for just one sort of product and then have a filter, let's say between 50 to whatever plus uh, ACOS. And then you can go one bit at a time, change the bit, change the bit, change the bit, all right there in the campaign manager. So it's actually reflecting somewhat of bulk sheets, but easier, much more user-friendly. So those are two things that I really like because yeah, like you wanna go into the bulk sheets and do stuff, but the beauty of campaign manager is you can, what you can do is you can say, show me everything that has like a bad ACOS in the last seven days. Okay, show me everything that, that has a bad ACOS, but in the last 45 days. And sometimes you notice that because of the attribution, um, like over the 45 day period, it looks good, but over the last seven days, it looks bad. And then you just have to have like a longer time horizon and maybe a little bit more patience to see that that keyword is actually profitable. And you can't do that in bulk sheets. You have to keep downloading new bulk sheets and you can't really compare. Um, it's like two flat Excel files, you know, that are like a timestamp. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. Uh, that feature has been long coming. Like a couple of years ago, I had a, a, one of the top Amazon PPC guys uh, kind of do a, a, a call with me uh, because my personal account had so much spend and he was like, you know, hey, how can we change that? And that was one of my main complaints. I said, I want to be able to pull, you know, data on, you know, because back then I had <laughs> like 50 campaigns and uh, at our peak, I think we had like 850 SKUs and it was just getting almost impossible to manage that amount of data. Um, and I told him, you know, it would be awesome to be able to filter all that, that data in, in one uh, screen and be able to change it. So I agree with you. That's that, that is epic. You know, I love how you can go in there and do quick edits on performing and non-performing keywords really quickly. So I would have to agree with you there. And if, if people don't know about that feature yet, go ahead and, and dig in and check that out. It's, it really is a game changer. Okay. So the other, the last two things where we're getting uh, short on time here, the last two things I want to cover is uh, losses, you know, like, uh, through the journey, you know, I can, I can tell you all the different software platforms that I've built that have, that you you've never heard of because they've failed. Right. Um, we always talk about all these wins, all, all the, you know, people like you and I, you know, we're, we're always putting our best foot forward always, you know, cause we kind of have to, we have to build trust and, and, and let people know that like, you know, we know what we're doing and things like that. But, you know, one of the, the biggest, um, lessons I've learned, uh, you know, I'm 44 years old. It's taken me this long is that, you know, you have to take those losses. You, you have to know when to cut those losses. You have to know when to, to, uh, you know, move on to the next thing. Um, so I would love, you know, along your, your journey here, uh, these last, uh, four or five years as an entrepreneur, what are, what are some big failures and, and what were some of the things you learned from those failures? 
Yeah, one of the biggest ones, honestly, was like the shiny object syndrome. And and I always kind of uh, go back and I'm like, I I wish I just never started all of these other things that took away from my main thing. And, and uh, MMA nutrition now is like down significantly. Now this could, I could blame it on the market. I could blame it on, uh, you know, whatever. I could uh, competition, right? But, you know, let's be real. Did I put 110% every single day into that business? I didn't. I got into, you know, business and Amazon and I was like, oh my God. And, and like, let me try Facebook ads and let me try, let me open up another supplement company and let me do this and let me do that. And I feel like ever since I I stopped saying that and now I'm like, literally, I, I rarely ever say yes to anything. I, it's just always no, 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 no. And ever since I've started doing that and focused every, every single, you know, piece of my energy into the agency, I can, I can see that like the, it's a day and night difference. And so I think one of the biggest failures and, and, you know, maybe it's not like a damn, like I lost like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or something, but it was more like I lost so many things. I lost so much, I lost so much time that I could never recover, but obviously it's, you know, experience that I gained, but you guys don't have to suffer, right? I already suffered. You don't have to repeat that suffer. If I could give you one piece of advice, it's, Focus on one thing. Do not try and diversify your income. It's straight up bullshit. The people who are diversifying their income are generating hundreds of thousands a month in profit. And they're like, okay, like, what do I do with all of this hundreds of thousands? I can't put it anymore into my business. Uh, let's put it into real estate. And now we have this real estate. Let's pay a guy who can manage the real estate. Great. They can afford to do that, right? You like for me, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to, you know, start seven different sources of income. So I think that's one thing that you know most millionaires have seven sources of income. Great. When when did the second source come? Yeah, like seven years after I had my like ten million dollar exit, or or after I was doing a million dollars a year in profits. So that's that was one of the most hurtful things. And and then the second tip is is uh, you know to to kind of like piggyback off of that one is hire consultants fast. Like I always, I always kind of had this negative stigma of like, if I hire a consultant, uh, you know, maybe like I, I shouldn't hire a consultant. I should learn it myself. I should do it myself. I should do trial and error. And it was like the worst thing ever. If you're not sure about a consultant, don't hire them. But there's so many amazing, good-hearted people that you can find out there that you can tell them like, listen, this is what I want to do. Like, show me how to do it. And I'll pay you for your time. And more than happy to do it. Consulting is a massive industry. And it's and for me, it's been the biggest game changer. I've literally avoided so much mistakes and, and so much trouble and heartache. And because I have people that see like, you know, six months ahead of me because they've already been through everything that I, that I'm going through now. So I, I guess like that was my biggest issue. It was that. And, and um, I honestly, I don't know, like, I, Oh, and, and the other thing was, was um, thinking that there were silver bullets. That's been something that pinched me like a few times. It, like, I, I think I sunk like six months and, and, and thousands of dollars into a website uh, thinking that this company was going to build a website and then they're going to run the Google and I'm going to make millions of dollars. Um, I spent four months trying to get into retail in a different country because I thought that like I was going to get into this one guy and he's going to start putting down $20,000 POs every month. And, you know, it's just all of these things that it, where I thought that it was going to be a silver bullet. I was going to do this one thing and I was going to become, and, and then I realized I'm like, why am I like, looking for a silver bullet, it doesn't exist. If I just, it's 1% better every single day, 
And then in one year, that's your silver bullet. It's a silver bullet in, in one year. And, and uh, ever since then, every single time I kind of look at something and I'm like, wow, like maybe, and I'm like, no, 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 stop, stop. There's no maybes. Just assume that it's not going to work. Hope for the best, but, but assume it's not going to work. Do your best and, and keep pushing forward. And then that's like really helped me continuously grow, manage my expectations. Emotionally, it's 10 times better because you're not like, oh my God, like I'm going to hire Mina's agency and we're going to make $10 million. And I'm like, no, I'm just going to drive traffic for you. You still have to do everything else. You still have to work on the conversion and your cash and your finances and your supply chain and your inspection and your reviews and your social media and all of this other stuff. And so, yeah, if there's one thing, you know, you could take away from this is, you know, silver bullets don't exist. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, it sounds like uh, you're similar to me and you, you need to read if you have not re read yet the one thing um, that I, I have to keep rereading that book because I am definitely one of those shiny object people. And in lots of my businesses, I would chase the next thing. And if I would have just stuck with what I was doing, you know, through those years, you know, it would have been a, a big difference, you know, be the be the expert at the one thing, not try to do everything. Um, even if you if you're, you know, passably good at it or or you know if you think that you have the that, you know you're going to be the next elon musk you know the, there's no problem with that but you, you have to like you said dial in the one thing that you're doing first you know make your big money there and then you can move on to the next thing so i i think that's great advice all right one other thing that's been a huge game changer for me is morning routine um i never had one you know the the whenever people would be like oh yeah you know i get up and meditate i'd laugh I'm like oh i have kids you know i can't do that and it was like no, I absolutely can do that. I just have to get up at, you know, 6am instead of seven or 8am and do it in that in those morning hours when they're still sleeping. So um, any, you know, do you have a morning routine? And if so, like, wh what are some big uh, morning routine kind of things that you do that you feel like makes a big difference in your day? Yeah, so my morning routine is starts with, so I wake up at around 530 in the morning. And um, it's usually through temperature. So my nest uh, warms up the apartment at 5.30. Temperature is one of the best ways to wake up and almost feel naturally. I also have a whoop. And so I, you know, I guess your morning routine starts with good sleep and you can split test all the different factors that, that can cause your sleep to improve. And so this is, this is the whoop. Um, and then I wake up, I go to the bathroom. I always uh, clean up my beard um, and you know, it's like a discipline thing and it, it always keeps you looking presentable. I always do my skincare routine. Uh, after that, I, the first thing that I do is I, I uh, hit the gym. So I take my pre-workout. If I'm going to drink pre-workout, um, I go, I hit the gym, I get my workout in, I come back, uh, I call my parents, uh, and then I try and, uh, practice gratitude for five minutes. I haven't been really good at uh, gratitude or visualization or meditation, but that's kind of something that I'm working on. Um, and then after that, I, I quickly uh, glance at my notifications to make sure there's no emergencies. I then plan my day. Um, so I know that there's eight hours in the day uh, or I want to work eight hours in the day. Let's say, uh, let's say six, right? Because there's going to be two hours that goes to bullshit. So I, I try and figure out, okay, I have like four hours worth of calls in the other, in the remaining, like, let's say whatever hours, what am I going to do? And I prioritize everything. And so 
I am no longer thinking during the day. I am just executing. And that's been a major game changer for me because if I have to think during the day, I'm like, okay, should I do or should I answer the Slack message? Should I go here? And I'm all over the place. Efficiency goes down the drain. Um, but if I know what I'm supposed to be doing, it's on a piece of paper and I'm just like marking it off aggressively because I'm like, yes, yes, done, done. Uh, I'm like 10 times more efficient. So that's kind of my morning routine in, in, um, in a nutshell. Love it. Yeah. Uh, game changer for my, my wife introduced me. She was doing a, a high level uh, coaching. Um, and that's one of the books they recommended was um, uh, the miracle morning. And so I've been telling everybody about the miracle morning. It's, it's made a huge difference for both of us. Um, so if you guys haven't read that one, that's another one to add to your list. I know we always give you lots of uh, homework here, uh, but that's another, you know, fantastic book. The other thing for me is just really, I look at my Google calendar now, probably like 30 times a day. And I used to be one of those people who I'd put something in my calendar and it would just get lost because I didn't look at it. So, um, between that and, and, uh, you know, like, like Mina says, um, uh, the other book I recently read was, um, I can't remember the name of it. It's a ex Navy seal. He's been on, um, Rogan a bunch, but anyway, his, ownership, you know, his the um, ownership. ownership, right. Uh, it's yeah. yeah. Absolute ownership, something like that. Anyway, uh, Jocko Willits, I think is his name, but, uh, you know, one of his thing is, is, you know, in the Navy SEALs, they teach you every morning to, to, to square your bed. I think it's called straight your bed or whatever. It's like, make your bed every morning because, you know, that's starting your day with something complete. And it gives you like that, that small little win and that, you know, Oh, I've, I've got this completed and it kind of sets you off on a good foot. So, you know, my mom used to always tell me to make my bed and I'd laugh at her and be like, "Why? Wow, I'm just going to mess it up tonight. You know? <laughs> but once I, once I heard it framed that way, I was like, Oh, that makes sense. You know, if you do, you know, all these little small things the right way, it's going to add up at the end of the day. So I really, I really think that's uh, some other great advice that we can give to you guys. And on that note, you know, we did it. We're, we're through the episode. Thank you so much for being on. Really, really appreciate it. Great having you here again. Uh, let people know how they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So if you guys want to hit me up, um, if you, if you want to contact the agency, it's triviumco.com. Um, if you guys go to the website, there's a free audit there, fill out the form. Someone on the team will kind of look through everything and tell you exactly how to fix everything that's not working. If you want to reach out to me, um, Facebook, Mina Elias, um, uh, LinkedIn, Mina Elias, and then Instagram, the Mina Elias. Um, I'm pretty accessible. So if you message me anywhere there, I'll see the message and I'll answer. So ask any question you want and, and, uh, hope this was, this episode was useful for you guys. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you again for uh, being with us here. Uh, the, those of you who joined us in the call, we really appreciate it. As usual, uh, we do this Tuesday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, you can join us there live, ask questions, interact with us and the guests, which is always fun. Uh, if you haven't done so yet, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends about the podcast. We really, really appreciate it, guys. And we'll see you next time on the Seller Roundtable. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.